The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Well, hey, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020. It's a new year, but will it be a new you in this new year? Uh, And if it's going to be a new you, is it just because you're hoping by virtue of turning the page on the calendar that that's just going to produce a new you? Or are you going to have to do something different in order for there to be a new you? Uh, And when you look back on 2019, do you feel like it was a setup or a setback for this year? Did it put wind in your sails? Or is it like a dark cloud that kind of like looms over the present? Uh, For most of us, there's a few areas in our life where we work really hard, and as a result, we feel like things are going well in that area. We put a lot of energy, we put a lot of effort, maybe it's your work, and you're just giving it all you've got, and as a result, you get some good results, but what about those areas in your life that you're not working so hard? Does it seem to just go well, like the wind in your sails, or does it seem to have kind of a dark cloud over it? How are you doing spiritually? Are you spiritually excited and energized, or do you feel spiritually dry? Do you feel like you're going through uh, life carrying just the blessings of favor on your life? Uh, Or do you feel like you're carrying a curse? I think for most of us, outside of maybe a few small areas, we feel like broadly there's just a general curse on our life. I don't mean you think about it all the time, but you have to do little things to try to like get good luck because you generally sense things are going to go bad if you don't. Uh, things are not just going to work out for your favor. They're not just going to go well. So you, you try to do little things. You try to, you know, maybe you use superstitions or just wish each other good luck, kind of hoping it's going to work out well. And then most of the time it doesn't. Uh, and you don't think much of it. But um, I think most of us go through most days feeling like things are not going to just work out. They're not just going to work out good. And so we... You might not say it this way, but we carry a curse. Like there's a cloud kind of just hanging over our life. Things just don't go well. And, uh, and, and so then people do various different things, right? They, they try to get good luck. Maybe you wish each other good luck. Maybe you do things. Maybe you have like your own little like goofy uh, things that you do in order to get good luck. I know a lot of athletes do this, right? Um, that's actually where the idea of uh, stepping with your best foot forward comes from because the gladiators, when they would step into the arena, they had this like superstition that they stepped in with the right foot. They were more likely not to get killed in the middle of the of the games and so step with your best foot forward um and so maybe you do things maybe people maybe for you or others you know they use religion that way religion for you is a superstition you you come because you're kind of hoping that this will appease god or the gods and things won't go wrong in your life well this is a lot like what people were doing in ancient ephesus let me explain Because if I talk about you and me, we'll feel bad. So if I go back 2,000 years, we can all take a big deep breath and go, okay, we're off the hook. We'll just talk about what weird people did 2,000 years ago. I'm being a little facetious. Okay, so 2,000 years ago, ancient Ephesus, which was one of the most prominent cities outside of Rome in the Roman Empire, a city of about a quarter of a million people, highly spiritual. 
super into religion and superstition. In fact, if you drove, if you drove, you're not going, you wouldn't have, but if you rode through the city of Ephesus, you would have seen temples all throughout the city, a little bit like we see churches today. And these temples were filled with gods and goddesses. And the reason why they had so many of them was not that they had competing gods, but because they had gods for a variety of different things. You had the weather god, and you had the sun god, and you had the moon god, and you had gods for fertility and parenting, you had gods for all kinds of things. And so people would go into the temple, and you would pick the temple based on what you needed. And you would go in and you would offer a sacrifice or prayers or some other ceremony in order to summon that god or goddess to remove the curse and give you a blessing. All right, so, you know, you're a farmer and it's not raining. It's not quite drought yet, but it's not raining. And so you go in, you offer some of last year's crop as a payment, as a bribe, hoping that the rain God will look favorably on you, remove the curse of it not raining, and send the blessing of rain. Or in this ancient time where having a lot of kids helped you manage the farm and stay alive, um, a woman who was not getting pregnant was considered barren, and that was a curse, would go to the fertility goddess and offer sacrifices and payment and do a little ceremony, hoping that this curse would be removed and she would be blessed with a pregnancy. Okay, you with me so far? And so they had all these different superstitions and religious ceremonies. And so one day, this guy Paul shows up on the streets and starts preaching to everybody that was there. And there were thousands of people on the streets. Think, you know, Times Square, New Year's Eve. All right, that kind of an experience. So the Apostle Paul stands up, he takes the microphone, and he starts telling people, all of this stuff is just made up. People just like made up these gods. And it's all just fake. There's only one God, and his name is Jesus. And if you believe in Jesus, you, don't, you won't be cursed, you'll be blessed. And there were people, lots of people that believed. Thousands of people started believing in Jesus. And because they believed in Jesus, they, they started taking all their lucky charm stuff not the cereal, the lucky charms that they were carrying, the, you know, rabbit's feet and the little charm bracelets and their stuff. And they, they started bringing, they all had these little idols that they would carry around, like literally little wooden idols. And they brought them all to the middle of the city and they started to burn them. They had books like, you know, think like horoscopes and ways that you could like use spells. If you said the right thing, you get the right results. So they brought, they brought all of these books to the city center and they began to burn them. People were keeping track of how much of this stuff they burned and it added up to in modern times about $10 million worth of uh, superstitious paraphernalia. That's a lot, okay? Can you imagine? That's a pretty big bonfire, okay? So um, this was really cool for people that were like, yay, we don't have to try to get good luck. We don't have to offer sacrifices in the temples. We can just believe in Jesus. This is bad if your job is to carve idols. If you make a living selling Lucky Charms, I don't know why I'm stuck on cereal. We're fasting, right? Um, but this is how you make a living. You're upset, really upset. 
And so one of them, he's kind of the entrepreneurial business leader of the community. When they have a business conference, he's the conference speaker, okay? His name is Demetrius. He gets, he kind of riles up people in the crowd that are, you know, turning away from all these gods and goddesses. And this is his speech. I, I love it. Uh, so we're going to put it up here for you. It's found in the book of Acts. Book of Acts is in the Bible. It's a historical account of the early church. And in this chapter, it's an account of Paul showing up in Ephesus. And Demetrius is giving this speech and he says this. He, referring to Paul, Paul says that these man-made gods are no gods at all. Am I the only one that when I read that, I'm like, do you, see, do you not see the irony in what you're saying? Let me keep reading. Maybe it'll get funnier for you. Uh, there is no danger that there is a danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited. I read this, I'm like, this sounds like some politicians. Like, here's what he's saying. Hey, I just want everybody to know, this is bad. I mean, all these gods that we made up, Paul's saying they're fake. <laughs> and that can't be, it's bad. Because, because, because we'll lose our money. You'll bankrupt us. You won't buy our little idols and that'll be bad and we won't be able to feed our families and you should keep believing this because I got to put money on, on my bank account. I have to feed my family and, and you know, this goddess that we made up, she's going to look bad. And this is one of the seven wonders of the world. We don't want to ruin one of the wonders of the world, do we? And so he, like, I, I speak for a living. I, this is a bad speech. <laughs> If you're making stuff up, you don't tell anybody. You don't, and you definitely don't tell them your paycheck is on the line. I mean, okay, I made my point, right? The Apostle Paul, he keeps going. He actually leaves Ephesus, goes to another city, tells those people that their gods are made up and that they should follow Jesus, and people follow Jesus. This is actually how the church started. Well, you can imagine Paul makes some friends, and he makes some enemies. Because everybody who makes their living selling idols, and they're a priest in the phony temple, gets irritated, and so eventually they arrest Peter, they throw him in prison, they beat him. He actually gets imprisoned a few times, he gets beaten a few times, they try to murder him a few times. Nice life. Uh, eventually, he gets sent to Rome where he's sitting in prison for a long time awaiting a death, uh, the death penalty. So far, this is not a good story. But from prison, Paul writes letters to the different churches he started. One of them he wrote back to the church that he started in the city of Ephesus. So in this new year, we're going to spend some time going through this letter to the church in Ephesus. In your Bible, it's just called Ephesians. But that's the context of it. Um, and so Paul writes it, did I, did I already say from prison? Okay, that's important because of what, he's, what he writes. So let's jump in and read his opening statement. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Did, did I already say he wrote this from prison? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul goes like this. I want you to know that he, he's writing to the church in Ephesus and he, he just can't hold back. I mean, from our perspective, everything has gone wrong in this guy's life. 
And if he was in Ephesus, they would encourage him to go to the temple uh, to worship the God of freedom and to worship the God who breaks you know, chains and worship the God who doesn't keep you in prison. And Paul is going, no, 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 from prison, I want you to know, I worship God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blesses us with every spiritual blessing from heaven. And then he just, Paul can't hold back. He, he rides like a fire extinguisher. He's just like letting it out. Just, I, gotta, I gotta share this with you. I want everyone in Ephesus to know this. It's not your superstitions that reverse the curse. It's not gonna be your worship to made up gods that's gonna fix the problem. There is a real God who wants to bless you. And it's not because you turn the page on the calendar of a new year that you're gonna get blessed. In fact, that's the point I want you to take away from this message today, that it's not the new year that's blessed. It's the new you that's blessed. And that's what Paul's writing about. You can be a new you. Not because it's a new year, just because God wants to make you new. And so the, what I want to do is confront the thinking that just because I turn the page on the calendar, somehow I'm turning the page on my life and things are going to just become new. Like you're hoping that a new year would just fix it. It won't. It's not going to fix anything. December 31st wasn't all that different from January 1st. And January's not going to be all that different from December. And this January's not going to be all that different from last January. Unless we do something different. Unless we become someone different. And that's what Paul is writing about. Paul is saying, I want you to know that God designed you to bless you. How do I know this? That's kind of how the Bible starts. In fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter one, the author is writing, Moses is writing about how God created man different. Everything else in the world has kind of a similar makeup, except people. We're special. We're unique. Our lives are different than the lives of whales and chickmunks and give me something else. Mosquitoes. We don't have them because it's winter, right? Uh, but here's what he says. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, generic, Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. So there's two things about this that I really want you to understand about your God-given identity. The first is that you were designed in the image of God. It's not that God is in heaven, and he has like two eyes and a nose and ears and a mouth, right? Like, that's, we, we put anthropomorphic features on God. Big word that just means we, we try to imagine God looks like us. And God uses a lot of terms in the Bible to help us understand him. It's that we are made in the image of God. Your creativity came from God. Your giftedness came from God. Your personality, your emotions, your, your spirit was made in the image of God. There is a likeness about you that makes you unique and special. In essence, all this stuff about you that's different from animals. You're, I know you think your dog or your cat has a personality. I would be more likely to believe that your dog does. <laughs> um, but the truth is, they're, they're creatures of instinct, right? They, they follow patterns. They, they do what nature tells them to do. You're not. You're made by design with the image of God in you. You're an image bearer of God. God designed you to be in his likeness. And he designed you to bless you. 
He created you so that he could put the kiss of his favor on your life. But you and I don't live like that. We don't feel like that. Most days we don't wake up going, man, I am just blessed by God. We wake up feeling cursed. Why? Because we are cursed. Because from the very beginning, from the first man and woman, from Adam and Eve, they, they rejected God. God said, this is the way to live, to experience my best and what is blessed. And they said, nah, we'll do it our way. And from that point on, every man and every woman did life their way. We're born with an instinct to do life our way. That's our curse. And it's a spiritual curse called sin, where we reject God and all that is best and blessed about our lives, and we choose something far less, which means we live under a curse rather than a blessing of God. And when you live under a curse, every aspect of your life is cursed, and you end your life in death headed toward a forever cursed outside of the blessing of God, eternal judgment, eternal suffering. But God was unwilling to let people that he designed to bless live under the curse forever. So God made a way to reverse the curse. How did he do this? God stepped away from heaven and eternity into our world to bless us. Let me jump back to Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we were cursed in the heavenly realms because we rejected God's best and what is blessed. So Jesus came to reverse the curse. How? By taking the curse on himself. He took on our sin curse. The guilt and shame, the judgment we carry the eternal death sentence we face, he put on himself. So Jesus carried our curse to his cross to reverse our curse. He absorbed our judgment, our sin, our shame, our guilt, our death sentence, so that when we believe in Jesus by faith, we are forgiven, shame and guilt removed. But Jesus not only died, he rose from the dead, from death to, from death to life, but not just physically rose to life. He supernaturally and spiritually rose to life, victorious over the power of sin. So that when you and I believe in Jesus by faith, we are not only forgiven, but we're given new life. God's eternal life in us. God's spirit enters into our spirit. We're reunited in relationship with God so that we can join with Paul saying, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's writing this, trying to make it abundantly clear that it is not a new year. It's not superstition. It's not the little good luck things that you and I do. It's not our, it's not our activities. It's not how hard we work that's gonna bless us. It's because in Jesus, we are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. What's the point? Very simply this, uh, you are blessed in Christ. That didn't land the way I thought it was gonna land. I, I, thought, I thought this was a good speech. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not telling you to believe in phony made up gods. I'm like, this is the real God. 
who really made you in his image to bless you and the way he blesses you is in Christ. Okay, maybe I have to unpack this a little bit. All right, hashtag blessed, right? So you go on vacation and it doesn't rain. You get sunshine at the beach and you are hashtag blessed. You got everything you hope for at Christmas and you're hashtag blessed. Um, you still fit in the clothes that you fit in before the holidays and suddenly you feel blessed. Um, the apostle Paul is saying, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Because that, that's like a, your life like, is like a pendulum then. You're living on the roller coaster of blessing and cursing. And, uh, today I fit, tomorrow I don't. Oh no, I'm cursed. Today I got the job I want, tomorrow I don't. Oh no, I'm cursed. Um, today I feel good, tomorrow I don't. Oh no, I'm cursed, right? Blessing, curse, and we constantly are vacillating between. Paul's saying, no, no, no. If you are in Christ, you are blessed and heaven is at work for your good. Heaven is at work. Okay, so it landed now. You got it. Okay, good. So he's saying heaven is at work in your favor for your good. You are blessed. If you are in prison, you are blessed in Christ. If you're in the hospital or if one of your loved ones is in the hospital right now, you are blessed. They are blessed. If you just got the diagnosis, you are blessed in Christ. I know, if you're walking through a divorce and you feel hashtag cursed, you are blessed in Christ. If you don't even have a whole lot of clothes to speak of, you're blessed in Christ. He wrote it. So here's what you don't see. Uh, you know, I read verses to you. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote this from prison, he's so excited that the moment he starts writing, he just can't stop. And he doesn't use any periods. It meaning he doesn't like using punctuation. He's just like, yeah, I gotta get this out. And so what he writes, again, you don't see it in the English language, but remember, he wrote this in Greek. And so it's like this really long run-on sentence. It's actually 202 Greek words. Um, if you do that in English, you're gonna fail. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how brilliant it is, you fail. But he's not writing for English class. He's writing for us. And so what I did was I chose a few of the little phrases to make, to help you get the key point that he's making. For he chose us in him through Jesus Christ, which he has freely given us in the one he loves, Jesus. In him, Jesus, we have redemption. You also, were, you also were included in Christ. You were marked in him, Christ, with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Do you get the point? 14 times in this one sentence, he references Jesus. And 11 times in this one sentence, he says, in Christ. You are in Christ. I think he's making a point. Paul's in prison going like this. Hey, I want you to know. That if you are in Christ, you are blessed no matter what. Jesus is the blessing. He's the best blessing you can ever get because if you are in Christ, it doesn't matter what else is going wrong or what else feels cursed. You know that if you are in Christ and everything you bring with you into Christ is blessed. So the question is, have you brought your life in Christ? So let me make this practical, right? That means by faith in Jesus Christ, have I been willing to surrender my old way of life to Jesus? Am I in Christ? By faith, spiritually, 
Am I in Christ? Or am I living outside of Christ? Am I just doing my own thing under the curse? But some of you, you've taken a step of faith in Christ, but you haven't put every aspect of your life in Christ. So you left your attitude back there, and you got a bad attitude outside of Christ, and you think you have the right to, because you've been betrayed, because you've been hurt, because someone offended you, because the news offends you, because politics, it does, it offends all of us, but who cares? The point is this, you can leave it outside of Christ, and you, so you think to yourself, I have, the, I have the right to have a bad attitude outside of Christ, if, and it's cursed. But if you bring your attitude into Christ, your attitude becomes blessed. Maybe you left your finances outside of Christ. And so here's what you're doing. You have a spirit that's in Christ, but your finances are kind of being driven by your own ego, your own agenda. And so you're a little bit selfish and you put yourself in some debt. You're not being a good manager of your resources because you're spending according to what you want to do. You're buying whatever you want to buy, which makes you feel good. It's not in Christ. So are you going to bring your finances in Christ where they can be blessed? And if they're in Christ, you follow the principles of God of managing finances in Christ. All right? I'm not gonna, that's a whole sermon on its own. Um, is your marriage in Christ? Are your relationships, is your work environment, is, your, is the way you speak, is it in Christ? Are you following the principles of God in Christ? Okay, so the point is this. This is why we pray in Jesus' name. We're not praying in superstition. We're not just hoping for good luck. We're praying in Jesus' name, which means we're appealing to God on the merit of Jesus. Jesus already did all the work. There's nothing I can earn. There's nothing I can do to convince God to hear my prayers. God wants to hear my prayers because I am blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, and God is just waiting to pour his favor on my life. So I pray in Jesus' name, trusting that God will do what is best and what is blessed, and whatever happens then as I pray and I walk in obedience to God in Christ, I know that my life is being blessed by God. Okay. But let's not stop there. There's two parts that come after this that I want to make sure you don't miss. Paul writes it this way. This is the first portion of the long sentence. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Do you know that God chose you before you were even born, before he created anyone, he already wrote your name down to be part of his family. He wrote you down and his, his mission was that before everything was made, he already designed you to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined you. He picked you. He, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Now, there's a whole lot there that I cannot unpack, but suffice it to say, God wanted you to be part of his family, and then he gave you all the blessings that come with being part of his family in Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, meaning he wanted to do that. He, it was his joy to do that in your life. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. For in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Did you get all that? I told you, this is a long run sentence. Okay, so let me summarize this whole thing for you and give you a key point. The point is this, blessings 
make you new and rich in Christ. The blessing of God on your life makes you new. There's a new you in this new year. You are not what you were. You are new in Christ. And when you're made new, you're rich. You open up your bank account for the first time and you're like, what? Spiritually, my bank account is full. I have everything I need in Christ. Okay, hold up, because again, this one didn't quite land the way I hoped it would. So I'm going to unpack it for you for a moment. Uh, you're new. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He goes like this. Before you were ever born, God already made a way for you to be forgiven. He knew you were going to mess things up. Before you messed it up, God made a way to fix it. And not just fix it. Make it better than it was before. That's actually what that imagery was in the setup video. The little video we played before I started preaching. Um, that's a, it's a Japanese art form where they break things. And then they put gold in all the little cracks. And it makes it more valuable than it was when it was whole. That's what God does in you. God knows before you were broken, he already made a way to make you rich in Christ and make you better than you were before you were broken. And so God designed a way to make you new in Christ so that you would be forgiven, made blameless, and holy. Stop defining yourself by the things you've done wrong. If you are in Christ, you are not what you were. You're not what you've done. You are in Christ, which means when God sees you, God sees you new. He sees you holy. Uh, another word for perfect, completely perfect through and through and blameless. When God looks at the account, your spiritual account, he doesn't see a list of all your wrongs. It's paid in full. But not just your debt paid in full. A new deposit has been put into your life, the deposit of God's riches. You're so rich that he chose you, he adopted you, he gave you an inheritance, he calls you his own before you were ever even born. He predestined you, he designed you to be a child of God. He designed you to be a unique part of his family. He created you to love you and lavish his riches on you. Come on. That's got to make you feel at least a little bit better going into 2020. All right. Now, now, there's one more little piece of this that's really important. So he designed you to bless you. He has blessed you in Christ. He has blessed you by making you new and rich. <gasps> Your bank account is full. I have everything that I need. I have God's spirit in me, who's giving me wisdom, who's putting his favor on me, who's changing me so that I am not what I once was. I am being made new constantly. Ah, okay. When you believed, you were marked with the seal like an engagement ring, except a really expensive one. Really expensive. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until his redemption, until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay, what is he saying here? He goes like this. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God doesn't just bless you, make you new, and make you rich. He... He puts his spirit in you so that his spirit can bless others through you. That whole like, to the praise of his glory. In essence, what he's saying is, God chose you, God put his riches in you, then he put his Holy Spirit on you so that he could show off through you. 
So God put his kindness in you to pour kindness through you. God lavishes his generosity on you so God can be generous through you. God gave you unique giftedness and abilities. You're, you're not just an engineer so you can have a job and make a living. You don't just have the skills to be a lawyer or a, um, a landscaper or a, a mom or a whatever career path or whatever um, responsibilities that you have been uniquely gifted with. You are gifted to love on and bless others. Now I'm gonna take that piece and I'm gonna unpack that for a sermon soon. But for just this moment, what I wanna give you is this. Every aspect of your life where you are blessed, you are not blessed to hoard it. You are not blessed. You can be like, oh, I feel so good. I'm on vacation, but none of you are. And then I post a picture and you all feel bad about yourselves. No, no, no. This is like God saying, I'm taking you on vacation and you can bring all of your followers with you. Okay, so how does that work? I am hashtag blessed in Christ to be a blessing. Every aspect of your life where you are blessed, it is like a funnel. It's poured in to pour through. It's not yours to have. It's yours to serve and give and lavish on others. If people think God is cheap, it's because we're cheap. If they think God is selfish, it's because we're being selfish. See, you're holding the blessing of God and whatever you do with it is how people are gonna interpret the blessings of God. It's up to you how people will view the blessing of God in their life. So you are blessed to bless. Okay, I'm gonna land with that, right? Simply you're blessed to bless. So be a blessing. Don't hoard it, share it. So what are we gonna do here? I want you to first take a step, make a commitment, taking a step into a fresh faith in Christ, right? So maybe up your prayer life a little bit. Maybe you don't take any time to pray. Maybe on a daily basis, set aside a few minutes, first thing in the morning, and just pray. Have a conversation with the God who loves you and chose you before you were even born. Take a few minutes to read his word, the Bible. We put out a Bible reading plan, every sermon series. So this, during this series, you're going to read through the letter of Ephesians. I mean, it's six chapters. And they're not like big, long book chapters. These are like one page. They're, they're not very long. All right? Um, six chapters. You can read six chapters of the Bible in a month. Okay? Um, so read a little bit of the Bible. Maybe spend a little bit of time in worship. Maybe turn off the white noise of life around you and just focus your attention on God. So take a next step. Maybe you, you decide as a New Year's resolution to come out to LifeHouse for the first time. Welcome, you're our family. We, we wanna invite you in, you're a guest of honor. Now I wanna invite you to come back. Maybe some of you only come once a month. Come, come every week. You will be blessed as you enjoy being part of a family, a community of faith, right? Okay, so take a next step in your relationship with God. But don't stop there. Some of you, that next step is taking a step of faith into Christ. You've been living your life in the curse. It's time to take that step of faith to be blessed in Christ. Others of you, you've left some stuff behind. You've left your attitude or you've left some, um, you know, maybe it's your finances or your marriage. Whatever. It's time to bring that into Christ. And whatever you've brought into Christ is blessed and it's time to let that be a blessing to others. So you know what you need to do now, don't you? You've already, you feel it. 
as I've been speaking, you're like, I need to do this. Okay, don't just think that by turning the page on the new year, it's gonna make a new you. You actually have to do some things. You want, you want to be a different you? You gotta do some things different. So let's pray. And I just wanna pray God's blessing over your life. Heavenly Father, for each person that's hearing this message right now, I pray that they would make that commitment to not only be in Christ and to be blessed in Christ, but to bring their whole life into Christ and recognize that they could be in prison and be blessed. They could be suffering and be blessed. They could be walking through a season of poverty and be blessed. God, that we are blessed in you because you are the greatest blessing. And God, we wanna say thank you for the gift of faith in Jesus Christ that forgives us and makes us new and rich in you. Now, God, may others recognize how you wanna bless them because we are being a blessing. Help us to share what you've shared with us. Pour through us what you've poured into us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.